What's poppin', Gleason Nation? Welcome to the TJTV Podcast, episode 220. On today's episode, we talked with Eli Krause, who is a YouTuber, an actor, improv. He's worked on he's worked with Eric Striffler, the guy from Pretty Much It, who has a successful YouTube channel. Uh, we talked about a lot, actually. We talked about his YouTube channel, him living in the city, pretty much what he is doing for jobs. We actually included the coronavirus, which is a big news story floating around. And we talked about collaborating very soon as well. But um, overall, it was a good interview. I believe it was about an hour and 15 minutes for the interview. So hopefully, you know, it looks all well and good. But anyways, if you guys are new, why don't you guys like and subscribe, turn on post notifications, and follow me on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker.com, and much, much more. Also, go follow me on the Gleason Photography and Videography on Facebook, where I post all my vlogs, series, and you know certain clips that I show throughout the week. We are actually working on Dimension Next Season 3, Episode 3 this week. So that should be coming out very soon. Also, go follow me on TJTV on Facebook where you can see all my recent uh, podcasts, my past podcasts, and much more. I want to be... I want to start doing, like, more clips for my podcast. So, like, say if I, like, have a clip from tonight's episode, I will post that on TJTV on Facebook so that way you could see, get like a pretty much a good idea of what we talked about for that topic. And then I could say the full interview is on this website. So check, you know, check that out when you guys get a chance. So, uh, good episode, a really long episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. So let's get it guys. All right, I'm here with Eli Krauss, who is a YouTuber, and he actually has about 7,000 subscribers on. He's from New York, so how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you? Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you, too. So, I saw. I know you're from New York, because I saw you on a... Uh, I know you uh, worked with the guys with uh, Pretty Much It, with Eric and all them, I believe, correct? I met them, uh, I met Jacob, who's on pretty much it now. Um, Eric started the channel um, way back in early YouTube days. Uh, but I met Jacob when he moved to New York from California, freshman year of college. And that's when I got involved with those guys. So how long were you on with pretty much it when you first started? Um, so I, I'm, I like to consider myself just like a pretty regular guest. And also, um, they'll come to me to, um, well, first of all, uh, they've been doing projects besides the commentary tracks. Uh, what they're doing now is, uh, mostly revolved around their, their commentary track, uh, YouTube little venture, <laughs> um, that's gotten really popular, but I was with them when Eric was, um, doing improv shows around New York with a, a show called Pity Applause. And uh, Jacob was uh, interning for them 
interning for the overall company called Existence Media at the time. And they would occasionally call me in through Knowing Jacob just to film some projects, to uh, film uh, Eric did movie reviews for a while. I helped him film some of those. Uh, and so that's how I got started behind the scenes with them. And then when Jacob started doing the commentary tracks more regularly, uh, I got uh, just a few guest spots on, and now we're pretty regular uh, guests on there, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I grew up watching you guys, so I'm 25, so when you guys started pretty much it, I think it was like 2008 or 2009, it's like around that era, I was in high school, I think I was a uh, freshman, I believe, when you guys first started oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I, I so basically, Jacob introduced me to pretty much it, um, and I didn't know about pretty much its existence um, until... Uh, until freshman year of college. Jacob was a really big fan, probably around the same time that you're saying uh, you started becoming a fan. Uh, but um, uh, I'm really I'm really happy to be a part of the family, but I certainly do not have that long of a history with knowing Eric. Um, I only met him. Uh, that was uh, 2000 and like, or like, Early 2016, I met Eric Strickler, who started the pretty much a brand. Right. Now, before, so let's get into a little deep uh, dive into your life. So, sure. what was your childhood like? Did you live in New York your whole life, or was it just, you know, did you move out there, or did you live somewhere else? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm New York born and raised, uh, pretty much, uh, I pretty much in the city for my entire life, uh, except for, I moved out, like, my family uh, thought we should probably do the suburban thing for, like, two years. That worked out before we realized that we're just really city people, um, and the suburbs did not treat us very well. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. And you, li- and you grew up in the city, now... How was that, like, as a kid? Because I know people who grew up in the city. I have a friend who lives, who lived in the city, actually. He uh, lives in Boston now. But uh, what was it like for you? Um, you know, it's, I didn't notice how, uh, how much of a unique experience it was until I got to college and started meeting people who really did not grow up in the city. Like, at most, I met kids in high school who, you know, moved here for high school, but even then, we're still kind of going through the same experiences growing up in the city in high school, and I feel like it doesn't really set in as, as a weird, unique thing uh, until you start meeting people who, have, who are only coming to the city for the first time as an adult. Um, so for me, it was really normal. Um, I had a pretty, uh, like, a pretty normal life, uh, but... I, I guess, like, it's just more that the, I guess I realized the, the freedoms are a little different um, growing up because uh, I, I, I'm glad I got to experience the, like, childhood riding around on your bike around wherever you want for, like, I moved to New Jersey when I was, like, five and six. So I do have those memories of having that sort of, like, backyard 
um, Backstreet's kind of like freedom. But other than that, I really, uh, you know, especially growing up in Manhattan, uh, your parents pretty much got to know where you are at all times because it's just it's big how it goes. Yeah. Now, not to get too morbid, but were you around when 9-11 happened? Like, were you in the city? I mean, yeah, so I'm, I'm 1997. I was born. Uh, so I I don't remember. I don't remember it very well, uh, obviously. Uh, but, uh, no, I, uh, you know, uh, I, was, so I was in preschool. But I have... Everyone my age says that they remember very slightly the kind of just commotion of getting out of preschool on that day where, like, you got pulled out of school early. I remember um, uh, that it was just, like, my uh, friends who had kids, uh, kids who had their parents work in that area, they they came over to my apartment. Um, just to, just to be somewhere, right. uh, right after, uh, right after school. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was, I don't really get a sense for it much like anyone our age. Right. Um, and people, you talk to, you know, people who were there in the area, like my, like my grandmother, um, tells me about like. First side of the story, and pretty much all my family in New York have their No, yeah, I understand that. You said you were born in 1997. Yep. So I'm old. Wow, wow, I did not know that. I thought I thought you were older than me for some reason. I don't, I don't know. That's just. Yeah, no, I'm 22. You're okay. You're 20. Okay, that's. Hey, no, that's. That's cool. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah, you. Yeah. you usually, that, that would make sense though, because you, uh, I guess we're me and uh, my No, I mean, hey, that's, but that's cool though. So, I, I don't know. I grew up in the suburbs. I so where I live, I used to live in Buffalo, but I live right outside of Philly. So I, oh, really? Yeah. So I get, to, I have the suburb life, and I have the country life. So I have a house like up in, um, I don't know if you're familiar with like Pennsylvania at all, but uh, we have a place called the Poconos, and the Poconos is pretty oh, much more I, countryside. You know, I, I just came from Poconos actually. I just weekend trip out there it was great yeah it's very beautiful like so where my house is it's right on the delaware river and you know we're way we're uh, right by the water gap delaware water gap and you know every summer i go up there that's awesome yeah i i actually know that area pretty well my um so my um 
my mom's side of the family uh, grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, so, and, and I have some family um, all around Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, but most, but all my dad's side of the family is uh, has pretty for a very long time been in Long Island and New York City, uh, greater area. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, though, like that, you know, I, I liked where we live on the East Coast because me and you, like even people that I talk to, like different, like different people I talk to, they have family that live in the exact same area where I, where I'm at now, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 it really doesn't seem like, it's funny how it can be worlds away and also so close at the same time, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, uh, because it's. It's all just, I feel like East Coast people very much make their way up and down so many times throughout their lives. So that I feel like everyone kind of has a certain connection to every part of the East Coast if you're from here. Yeah. So what college did you go to? Uh, so I, went, I just graduated from School of Visual Arts last, uh, last summer. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was directing majors there. Um and that's where me and Jacob and Gabe from more than enough uh, met. That's where you all met in college, right? That's what you just said? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you gra- uh, congratulations on that for graduating. Thanks. Have you, have yeah. you used your degree at any point in the last like few months? Well, it's on my resume officially now. Um, but uh, so it, it definitely... Uh, I, I certainly hope it helps, um, but right now I'm I'm, using, I'm doing a lot of freelance video and editing work um, besides the um, just to, just to keep me going while I'm pursuing my own project and stuff. Um, but it's, it's interesting because the degree definitely helps, um, but I say the the lessons learned from just doing projects in film school help way more uh, with all of the connections you make there help you with getting jobs way more than the actual physical diploma does. I agree with you 100%. See, I, um, I know somebody who is a YouTuber. He pretty much told me, if you want to be a doctor, you go to school and be a doctor. Now, if you want to be a businessman, no one can teach you how to be a businessman. You just go out there and do it. Right. And with me, I went to I went to a liberal arts uh, two year school, and I actually changed my major to uh, communication. So I wanted to do something with radio. Now in 2015, I started this podcast, and you know, I learned more from doing the podcast and talking to people than going to school, going to a four year university. Now, granted, I got my associate's degree. When I went to go to a university, I just decided I'm not learning anything at the school. We're not doing anything that I want to do. And I learn more and I got, and I get paid, you know, doing what I love to do. I film as well. So I filmed the documentary in October, which helped me out a lot. Yeah, I totally, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. Like I, it's definitely different for every business. Um, and, yeah, but for, for, for so many more things, like, I, I actually was kind of surprised when he said, uh, if you want to be a businessman, 
me, I would feel like you can go to business school, but that just goes to show that, like, uh, so many more fields uh, are, are just better uh, learned by going out there yourself and doing it uh, and, you know, kind of paving, uh, paving the path for yourself. Right. Uh, I agree 100% though. That That is actually something that most kids my age always say, like they should go, they um, go to college, but I'm just, I always think about like, I don't want to go to college and, you know, I learn more about just by doing it. Um, so you have a YouTube channel, right? regular job then? Yeah, so right now I'm doing uh, freelance video and editing work. Um, just uh, doing a, a bunch of little jobs here and there. Um, and really, it's, you know, I, I'm kind of at the point where uh, it's going to be a, it's, it's a tough call to keep up the odd jobs lifestyle versus the, you know, one consistent nine to five job, because even though there's less freedom with that, there's actually a lot more given freedom of, uh, you get a certain amount of planned time off. You have a schedule that you can consistently work around and say to, to people in the future, like, hey, I'm free on these days, let's make it happen. Uh, versus when you have work coming in from all over the place, you really got to take every opportunity that's thrown at you. Um, and sometimes that can really uh, screw things up at the worst. 
especially when it comes to planning and filming. Right. So, yeah. I mean, see, I work a nine-to-five, and yeah. I always, you know, I get all these opportunities every now and then. I want to do, I don't want to do the odd job life. I do, but I want to know if it's going to pay me enough to support my apartment and my car payment and whatnot. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really leaning towards the, right now, I've been applying to uh, just more secure editing, editing positions because when you know how to edit, it's a, it's a pretty good gig. You sit down at a desk and you just do the work um, and then you get out of there and it's not too physically demanding and you can just uh, then kind of make whatever you want out of the rest of your day available. Right. Right. So, I mean, with me, I'm trying to do more um, radio work. So I've been applying to different like radio jobs around. And a lot of them, at least the ones in my area, a lot of them, they don't require a degree. It's just you have to send them like um, like some of your airtime that you've done for a podcast pretty much. So right. literally, because it's literally for radio in my eyes, you're literally talking to a microphone, reading either reading a script or you know, interviewing a guest and that's like something that many people don't like have. And with me, I have the experience of doing what I'm doing now. Totally. How, uh, so this, this is, um, you've been doing it for a while, right? I, I saw that you're, uh, are you in your like 200, 200 of episodes or something like that? Yeah. This, so this is episode 220. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. Um, so pretty much when I first started, I'll tell you a short little story. When I first started doing this, I would talk about random topics. I would talk about, you know, women and uh, school, why people should do karate. I would just throw random topics out there. And then... I love... Huh? I love, I, I love the, the, the array of topics. <laughs> But like, so I started on YouTube and YouTube really wasn't working out for me. So I started posting all my content on Facebook. So when I started posting more on Facebook, I started getting more engagement. Then I did interviews and I would just interview, you know, people in my area. Like some guy, you know, has his own band, interviewed him, interviewed this guy who raps. And then I started getting more into interviews when I went to school. And that's when I started getting more engagement with my interviews. Yeah, that's, uh, I know we, we, I tried podcasting a little bit too, uh, for a while in the beginning, uh, when I was just working with Jay McGabe and we weren't really sure what direction we wanted to go in. Um, and I just like you, I found that when you bring guests on and when you kind of bring a, a certain level of engagement on with someone you don't know. Um, for I, I say for social media purposes, that always works because it's, it's like you're doing a collaboration every single show. Right. The thing that I um, oh go really really great content too, like to always have you know good conversation. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. So I mean, when I've you know after all the interviews that I've done. I started getting more engagement. There was this girl who was on The Voice. She was on like season six and she was in top four. She lived in my area and she was throwing a uh, free concert. So I emailed her. I said, hey, I said, listen, I said, I know you're throwing a free concert. 
I work five minutes away. I was like, do you care if I come after work to interview you? Interviewed her on stage live. And uh, I got about 3,000 views on Facebook for that. Um, wow. Do you know Elvis Duran in the morning show? It's kind of like a it's like a morning talk show. Uh, they do radio, but in any event, I interviewed one of the people on there uh, for uh-huh. my 100th and one episode. Interviewed uh, reality star from Jackass, Chris Rab, Rab uh-huh. himself, and then I interviewed the filmographer that filmed with all those guys, Joe Franz, because he lived right down the street from me. So it's like after doing all these interviews, like it kind of you know I like doing. I like doing it. And plus, like I said, like you said, social media, it's a great way to connect with people and to talk to, you know, different people collaborating and all that. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's just, and it does make a good conversation, to be honest. Oh, I, uh, I think it's, uh, it's always like, Especially in just the creative field, I think, because everyone has uh, their different ways of uh, coming up into it. Uh, and I, 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 I know, like, I was just on, especially in this time in my life, I'm trying to talk to as many people as I possibly can. I got on the phone with uh, this morning with just somebody that, you know, a family friend said, oh, this person works in, uh, like, this part of the film industry, uh, you should call them. And it's, it's always weird making that call when you don't know, you know, if this person even really wants to talk to me, you know, especially when they're set up through like a mutual friend. But you always got to take that leap because you never know uh, what's going to come out of it. Did you wind up calling them? Yeah, no, we got up a call and it was fine. Uh, it was, it, like, I'd say... It wasn't a particularly, uh, like, oh, this is so great. I'm so great to meet you, and I'm going to give you all the jobs. That's not how it went down. But still happy to talk and listen to what this person has to say. Uh, and uh, they even connected me with someone else who, you know, thought that they might have uh, some more things to say to me. So uh, even that's fantastic. You know, you got to take every opportunity you can to learn as much as you can about that's that's something I love to hear because many kids our age they don't take the opportunities they're afraid to, and I get so, I get so angry with like like my other like peers because they're always like, yeah, someone told me like to give this person a call, but I'm scared to call them because I'm an introvert or I don't want to talk to them. I'm like, give them a call. You might it might get something like you might get something out of it. Yeah, I wonder how much that is though of uh, because. I'll be the first to admit that it is scary. It is like really like it's just like uh, like especially in this age of just so much facelessness and like so much anonymous connection. Uh, it's really hard to face that and just uh, trust what you're about to do. But uh, I think it comes with practice and. Um, just uh, the uh, the effort of putting yourself out there, right? Uh, for, for getting myself to do it, it is a little bit 
understand. Um. All right, so no, but I agree with what you're saying, but I believe most of the time people don't take the opportunities is because of the confidence that, the, because many kids our age don't have the confidence that, let's say me and you have, and they're afraid of rejection because I know I'm afraid of rejection as well. I've been rejected my whole life by, you know, many different people. And I just feel like it's something, it's a skill that many people need to work on is confidence mm -hmm. and to deal with rejection. understand what you mean see in a few weeks or so i'm doing a podcast live in uh in jersey so my friend he he has a band and he's performing at a bar and i brought up the idea well hey like why don't i do the uh podcast interview you guys before you perform you perform one song on the show and then 
you know, we go from there. So I'm going to be up in between maybe a hundred people at a bar in Jersey. I don't even know these people. And I'm just interviewing this band. And I, like, I always think to myself, like, what if these guys, like in Jersey, like thrash me, you know what I mean? Um, on a stage, it will be with my first live podcast. That's my first live ever on stage with people, but like, you know, besides Audra, but when I did it with the girl on the voice, her name's Audra. Um, we did it behind like backstage. So no one saw me do it that, which was pretty cool. But, uh, I'll be like, people will actually be watching me and listening to me and stuff. But it also brings out a good outlook because, like, say if someone's at the bar who's, like, a, you know, producer, radio host or whatever, you could hear me doing this podcast and then we could be going, you know, I could get a radio gig somewhere. Yeah, man, you never know. But that's why you gotta... That's another thing about... Um, the internet really does feel like just a void. And even, like, uh, the numbers are, are really, really, like, useful and can be very helpful. Um, but when you get real people involved in the mix, even if it's even if nobody's reaching out to you after you do a live thing or not, it, there's something feels so different about seeing the actual people that you're connected with, I guess. No, yeah, I, I feel you on that. Um I was actually I was actually thinking of a question to ask, but I'm because I'm saying, like, in once it gets warmer out, once the coronavirus gets uh, cleared up, right. um, I was right. I was thinking. I I just the whole thing with the coronavirus. I look at it as like I. Well, first I was a little freaked out at first, but now I'm looking at it as if we had Ebola and swine flu and all that, we can survive this. Right. I sure hope so. I mean. Did you see that thing though of the of the parallels of of the coronavirus and um, uh, I think it's the movie Akira or that anime uh, movie that came out that's like the post apocalyptic thing and it takes place in the year twenty twenty. No, I read an article on that actually, but uh, I and I listened. To, um, Howard Stern was saying something about that earlier on a show today. Really, he said that he was he brought up the Akira thing. That's hilarious. Yeah, because he read the article as well. But, I mean, I know he's freaking out. But I think with the news, though, they're making it so much worse than it already is. And I think that's the one thing I hate about news. That's why if I ever get a job, I don't want it to be in the news industry because I don't want to overanalyze things like, oh, there was a shooting. And, you know, if you don't lock your doors, you're going to get murdered next. Like, you know what I mean? Totally. Although there is a discomforting, um, like... Uh, uh, contrast in how the news is super overreacting, but certain like other people that we go to trust are super underreacting. Like I, I just uh, I don't uh, I was watching uh, the John Oliver piece that was just done on the coronavirus. I'm not sure if you caught that or not, um, but that was like just showing how um, the, the wide variety of how certain countries are like really tipping this thing at the bus and others are screwing up royally. So it's just, it, it's very, 
See, I, I, I agree I agree with you right there. I mean, uh, I believe, I'm a firm believer, I'm going to knock on wood right now. Um, I'm a firm believer that we'll be fine. Like, I I think we're going to be fine. And the weather's, about, the weather's going to break soon. So I believe it's only going to get, it could get a little bit worse. But then once the weather breaks even more, that's when we'll get, it will get better. Like I say, maybe a few more states will be infected because I know Manhattan. I know you guys just had a case out in Manhattan uh, recently, yeah. and uh, it could get a little bit worse. But then I also feel it's going to get a little bit better. But I also know people have survived from the coronavirus. I've read articles about people surviving, and which yeah. so it's it seems like we're at a pretty good steady rate of uh, of like containing and taking care of it. So. Yeah, I think I honestly it's like it's like all those other things, the the swine flu and the uh Ebola. the whatever you know, viral disease that want to take over headlines. It's all we all get through it eventually. And it's just another way of the news uh, coming up with content because like now like the news doesn't have anything else to talk about but just that. Yeah. The, the funny thing is I made a pod like I this is a series I'm doing on the podcast. You know, so, you know, back in like the 50s, the uh, radio back when radio was like you know, a little bit like lenient. They did series like War, uh, War of the Worlds and they did like a few soap operas, Young and the Restless from what my mom oh, told yeah. me. So I did a I did a series and I'm still doing it called Pandemic. And it was before the, it was when the coronavirus was still around. But. It pretty much the whole world got infected by one disease, and my character was the only one, like out of everybody alive. So it was kind of like of I am legend, I am legend type of a uh, series. But it was just like me playing a character in a world that's infected by a airborne and waterborne virus. And then oh, when okay. when the whole like coronavirus thing came out, saying that it's spreading everywhere, I thought about it for a minute. I was like, I really just predicted my podcast and i was just like i think i'm i I think i just did that (laughs) that's that's wild did you ever see that thing though that um uh that sounds like an awesome project but uh did you see how the the war of the worlds radio show um uh sent people into mass area I yeah because didn't people like get like freaked out about it? Yeah, people thought it was real because um, I was I was listening to this one of my favorite podcasts uh, called Radio Lab, and uh, they usually do science stories, but on occasion they'll just do historical uh, like storytelling, and they'll they'll like uh, just break it down. It was super crazy to listen to how um, it was basically a, a big. Uh, they, they were explaining how during the same time slot, uh, there was a, a really popular radio show. Uh, and uh, then at the same time as the really popular one, uh, the War of the World one uh, story started. And it starts with, this is a story directed by someone 
show, and then everyone switched over and started listening to the War of the Worlds uh, program in the middle. So, and the and the middle of the program is an actual sounding like broadcast sounding guy going, "Oh my God, the alien ships are coming down! They're all coming for us all!" And then everyone freaked out. <laughs> The, it's, See, I did a I did a project like that in high school. I actually made it, so it, it's really messed up what I did. I mean, it's not really messed up what I did. It was a creative idea. So remember in 2012 when the world was uh, supposedly going to end? Yeah, when we were supposed to die. Yeah, yeah. And somehow we're still here. Yeah, I, I do remember that. So um, I did TV production where I would do the school news, and we did it over the loudspeaker. So. My it was my friend Trist, uh, Tristan, I believe, and we were on the microphone. I was like, "Well, Tristan, I was like, it's uh, 2021, uh, uh, 2021, 13 or 12, whatever it was." And uh, I was, I said, "I guess I won't see you anymore since the world ends today." And we put the uh, song "It's the End of the World as We Know It." And some kid who in like who was like mentally challenged, he took that to heart because it was over the loudspeaker, and I got the tension and I got kicked out of the. Uh, class for a week because you know, I couldn't, you know, broadcast after that because and I felt so bad. I had to write an apology note to him and his parents because it got so bad that, you know, his parents came up to the school and wanted to know who did it and they yelled at me for doing that. So I'm just like, oh shit. I was like, I shouldn't have done that. Oh boy. But my teacher approved of it too. He said, you know, he said, this is a great idea. He was like, as long as we do some like news stories, you can do the end of the world bit at the end of the uh, broadcast. I said, all right, fine, then we'll do that. And we did, and I got yelled at for it. It really sounds like nobody thought this through. <laughs> that is a great idea, but yeah, I didn't see how that was going on. Well, I also got in trouble for, you know, doing... Me- see, I was really bad in that class. I mean, I was a good student, but I thought of a lot of, like, weird things because, like, we would do the school lunches and he was like, you got to put adjectives in front of the lunches to make people eat it. So I put long, juicy hot dogs, not even thinking about it. And the, the freshman, I was, uh, I was a junior. So I was like 16 or 17. I, and I wasn't even thinking about it. I just like put it in there. Okay. I'll admit a little bit of what I was. And they were like, <laughs> and the one kid was like, yeah, those, those hot dogs are really juicy, and the freshmen like thought it was hilarious, and I got in trouble for that. Right, but I didn't think I was going to get. I'll, in tr- I'll, I'll, I'll relate to you on just the fact that I, I do remember so many times uh, uh, in my life just being a little too old and not understanding certain references, like uh, uh, I was just always like. I can't remember what in particular, but a lot of a lot of movie uh, lines I just always thought were like cool, and 
I didn't understand that they were actually double entendres, like that they meant something sexual, and I would just quote them at the dinner table. See, my mom was very, uh, I don't know, she hated when I made sexual references. She, uh, so I had, I had these two, like, two liter bottles of, like, Pepsi, and I put them up to my chest. And my aunt was like, what are they, boobs? And my mom screamed at me for a good, like, 20 minutes in front of the whole family. And I was just making a joke. If Pepsi bottles can physically uh, represent boobs, I'm not sure what, uh, what, what female figures you're looking at I just, I, I don't know. I feel like the things that I've done in school, some of it was sexual and I knew it was, but I also didn't think of the fact that people were going to get, you know, really rowdy and like make jokes about it all day. Or if I was going to like, you know, upset some kid because of, you know, his condition, you know, I, because I didn't even think the whole end of the world thing I just came up with, never thought it was going to like offend anybody or like, you know, freak anybody out. Right. And that's like, you know, that's something I I don't uh, regret. And I don't regret it because it makes good content. And that's what many people don't, they don't have the creativeness that, like, say, me and you would have. Right. I mean, that's, that's just my personal view on that. Oh, totally. I mean, like, uh, you can't look back at those moments and, and say they didn't teach you something. You know what I mean? Like you, you gotta, you gotta just continue on. And uh, uh, I say every 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 mistake you make always makes for uh, a good laugh down the road. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, e- even uh, even now, like when I made like I make YouTube videos as well. I made a series where I was getting kicked out. And my fifteen hundred subscribers, you know, my mom and dad hated me for that because you know generally there was make a long story short they kind of pretty much gave me the hint like hey you know this is going to be happening you might need to move out so I made a series where my uh, fiance and I are getting kicked out and we went on apartment tours and then we finally got an apartment and uh, when they found out about oh, wow. that well and people like they liked it. But I mean, people reached out to me too. Yeah, I mean, and people reached out to me too, like as well, saying like, you know, I'm dead. You can come live with me. And these these are people all around the world. I'm just like, uh, I'm like, uh. Other than that, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, content like depressing content, or you know, content like we were just talked about is good content because it, it gives people, it like catches their people's attention. And it's just because the world we live in, it's just because of the world we live in, it just messes it messes with everybody. Right. Well, uh, what do you mean by, uh, the, what, 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 what in particular about the world we live in? So with me, I feel like the world, most of the world, 
uh, reflect, you know, they, it, some, when something negative happens, it catches their ear pretty much. That's what I'm like bringing. That's, that's my, uh, philosophy of what I'm saying. Totally, yeah. Yeah, wait, I'd say going for the, um, going for what everyone's thinking about, especially, I, I, the, everyone tends to only think about the negatives that are going on. So once you have an opinion about that, anyone's willing to listen, whether, whether they agree with you or not. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll either just go on the attack or then, or agree with you, but either way you're getting, you're, you're getting, you're starting something. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like this world's very, crazy and disturbed in their own ways and you know negative attention is always good is always an ear catcher or visual visually right i don't know that's just me even now like with the series i'm doing like it's pretty much the devil pretty much i brought the devil and the grim reaper i put them in my series and you know people like it now (laughs) it's weird you put the grim wait uh, say that again. You put the Grim Reaper in something. So I, I'm I'm making a series. I made a series. I'm still making. I'm on season three right now, filming. Uh, I put a. I pretty much. I go into a parallel universe. I meet my evil twin. My evil twin comes out into oh, okay. into my world, and then he kidnaps my fiance. I save her. Then he kidnaps me, and then I break out of his trap. I kill my evil twin. Then. Tori's evil twin, my fiance. She, uh, her evil twin, goes to the devil to sell her soul. The devil kills her, comes into our world, takes control of my body. So pretty much, the devil and I swapped. So then, the devil and the Grim Reaper get into a little argument because the devil got too involved with my personal life. So the devil got pissed off at the Grim Reaper. We, you know, switch bodies again. The Grim Reaper kills the devil, and now the Grim Reaper comes into our world, and he traps me in the parallel universe where I have no way out. And uh, I finally get out, but I'm still working on the last two episodes. So pretty much the, the cliffhanger is me and the uh, Grim Reaper meet face to face another like once more, and that's pretty much two more episodes later we're done. Oh, what a pitch! That sounds really fun. It, it, it's a lot of work. I mean. So it's literally when I first started, it was my friend who was now my cameraman. Me and him filmed the first two episodes. He was the devil and I was the Grim Reaper. And then, you know, he played the devil coming out of the, you know, parallel universe, taking control of my body. And uh, he was like, hey, like, can I be uh, the uh, cameraman instead? I was like, yeah, I guess. So I had to like recreate a whole new, like, you know, I had to put a new character in there. I had to hire some dude who didn't even look like my cameraman. So I made it like, all right, well, the devil's old. So when he took control of my body, he turned into a younger version of, you know, of a different, you know, person turned into a little bit of a heavy set dude and looks a lot younger than, you know, what he looked like before pretty much, you know, that's the thing I hate. Like when I have to like have people like when I hire people to come on, like you have to like make so many changes from what you uh from what you originally have written down. That's the one thing I can't stand about like filming and like 
directing and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's one of those things, I guess, that I had to work on. Yeah, I mean, you got to just, just keep at it. Like, that's the, that's the thing that I learned with um, my my weekly sketches back in college and, and the way that we're still continuing it. We learned so much just from doing uh, it weekly and forcing ourselves to put something out there um, over and over and over and over. Uh, just as long as you devote yourself to finishing it, uh, you'll keep learning and getting better I agree with you on that. Um, um, now, do you think like taking many, like two or three weeks off kills you with, with like viewers and all that? Or do you think it helps you with like your content? Cause I know with me, when I did weekly stuff on YouTube, I took like two weeks off and like all my viewers like went away. Yeah. So we're definitely going to find out because, it has been a hell of a lot longer than two to three weeks. Um, we put out like, you know, some announcement videos. We put out just like a, a holiday update video that was generally, you know, well viewed. But um, yeah, it, it, here's the thing. I, I don't necessarily see what uh, we're doing um, and, and neither does uh, Jacob or Gabe. We kind of talked about how the the YouTube audience is so appreciated and we're, we're so happy that we're doing it for people but even if they weren't there we're so appreciative that we that they are there but we want to treat this like we would be doing this even if nobody was watching because ultimately what we're doing is uh, self-producing and building our portfolio of content and building our portfolio of filming, writing, acting, um, and, uh, performing, um, as kind of, as a trio, as a comedy trio. And that ultimately is something that we just want to keep doing, uh, whether anybody's watching or not. Uh, it's, it's more about the, the keeping at it and, and learning from each project. That's why we're comfortable taking so much time off because what we're doing with the time off is um, trying to gather our resources, uh, make bigger productions, get better locations, get better cameras, uh, and get more crew so we can focus on just being um, the actors and, uh, and focus on the writing. Um, Season three is the first time we've ever, uh, the first time we ever wrote all of the skits in advance of filming. Usually we'll write, um, you know, a general outline, uh, the week of filming. Right. So, So, uh, I think, uh, (laughs) so it, it might hurt us, the time off. But at the end of the day, I guess we just don't really even care because it's more about the doing it than the viewership. So do you feel like YouTube would be a good portfolio for like really anybody? If they're building their brand and their brand and all that? Yeah, I mean, depending on what you're doing, 
Um, because, I mean, YouTube is for videos. Um, if you're, um, although plenty of, um, it, it's just another platform like anything else. What you're doing is audio-based or uh, whatever. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, as long as you, you find whatever platform fits your thing best, but as long as it's out there and a completed work. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if you kind of, if you get too hung up on what the preferred uh, way to go about it, then you kind of just never end up doing it. I, I, I know for myself, like, I wanted to do um, some, like, music video stuff and some, uh, some song uh, remixing stuff, and I was spending way too long just being like, oh, but how I, you know, put this out there in the perfect way, should I, um, should I make a music video for it and, like, advertise it and then put it on YouTube and see how much it can get? But you really can get caught in that web of thinking and eventually you just kind of got to wake up and say, you know what, let me just take it as is, post it on SoundCloud and that's it. I don't even care if anybody sees it. It's out there. I'll be able to link it on my website of it, like, uh, and it'll be a, a part of my general body of work. Like, you, you can't, uh, especially when you're self-produced, you've got to just keep putting it out there in whatever way is going to be best. Uh, for you and uh, if, if you were if, uh, I'm speaking for myself though if you're the type of person who can follow through on you know planning out uh, a good way of release I'd say for me it's just like once I get too worried about who's going to see it or where it's going to be the best place to put it it's going to be forever uh, in that thought process. So the quicker I get it out there, the better it usually goes for me. Hmm. I understand that completely, actually. <laughs> yeah. So actually, um, Jake, I believe he's going to be on my show soon. I, I know me and him, uh, we were talking about it soon. We were going to do it last, I think like two weeks ago, but I couldn't do it because something came up right away. Um, I think he's going to be on this March sometime. I, I'm not exactly sure. I got to, uh, email him soon, but my whole, my whole goal though, I want to get everybody who I, you know, used to, you know, watch that I grew up watching and whatnot. I want to get them all on my show. Are you familiar with, um, Friday night cranks by any chance? Uh, who again? Sorry, I didn't hear that. Friday night cranks. Are you uh, familiar with any of those guys like Jared and Kristen? No. Oh really? Um, yeah, I believe it. Uh, Go on. Is it, are they? Are they? Uh, are they comedy? Are they? Uh, well, what's their what's their thing? Uh, so they would do like prank phone calls every Friday, and uh, Jared, the guy who created it, he does like this show called Late Night Webcast or something like that, I believe. Um, it's actually very. I, Eric knows them. Oh, you know, when you were describing it, it, something's ringing a bell, but, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was always into the films, like, uh, like, I was a huge Freddie Wong fan, and the, uh, the Corridor crew, and, uh, kind of that whole 
section of YouTube. Uh, I was very much into filmmaking uh, ever since I started like exploring things on the internet. Um, all the my the, the crossover with comedy kind of came later, actually. But uh, I still I still found my way around the general stuff. I just don't think I picked up on that. <laughs> Did you ever uh, watch Psycho Kid? No, I don't believe so. Oh wow, he's actually you know he well he was he doesn't do YouTube anymore. Um, he's on his own platform, but uh, this guy on YouTube, McJuggernuggets, he created uh, a series called Psycho uh, Psycho Kid. So pretty much, his dad would destroy all of his consoles and stuff. And uh, oh wow, and people thought it was real, so they would you know send them consoles at a PO box. And then they made, he made one last episode, like the final episode. He shoots his dad and flees the country. And everybody thought that was real, too. And the police were called. And, you know, it, he's been through a lot with his YouTube career. Like, he changed the whole face of YouTube from doing that. And now, like, you know, it was all, like, you know, scripted and fake and whatnot. And he showed it at the end of the series. But, you know... Uh, that's the type of con is that the type of content that you lean toward with like not like what he does but like creating stuff in your own like you know in in your own way pretty much is that how you like to do your type of content um meaning like like i'm uh could you uh rephrase the question so like you're you're create you like filmmaking and you like creating your own oh. stories yeah yeah i you know i um i just about the way that i generally i don't know you know i i i started um just making little shorts forever ago like i was like so many people who were just fans of you know early uh youtube you know you, you kind of watched things like Freddie Wong and Niga Higa and like got on iMovie right away with your webcam and started seeing what you could do. Um, I, uh, it started off just by kind of like replicating things that I was seeing on YouTube, but I met some, my, uh, friends in high school who, uh, we always kind of did, uh, projects together and, they were always just really weird, uh, but my my process is always everything that I've done. I'd say has come from uh, a show where we give ourselves uh, a deadline, where it's like, what can we make in this amount of time? Um, I think with me, that's the best way to do it because then you don't even have time to think about your creative process you're just like well what do i want to make and what resources do i have to make it all right well i have this much time and i have these resources uh with that i'll come up with this idea and let's go and do it i had this series with my friend from high school uh in our senior year of high school uh we were like well we're graduating high school and we're going to two different colleges we want to keep making stuff together so let's do a series where we give each other a word and uh, one week I'll give, it was my friend 
uh, Malcolm, and uh, I would say, hey, Malcolm, you have to make um, this week a video about the word spoon. And he would go and make a video about the word spoon. And at the end of that video, he would put a title card saying, Eli, this week you have to make a video about the word green. And I would go and make a video about the word green. And we would just keep doing that for a while. And um, through that, I just figured out that I have a very strange sense of humor and a very strange uh, cinematic style. but, uh, and, I, and through doing that, after I met with uh, Jacob and Gabe in college, we kind of figured out that once all three of us come together and we give ourselves a deadline, we come up with our own creative voice of weird ideas and weird concepts. Uh, and they all come from, you know, personal experience, but, or, or wherever ideas usually come from, uh, but that deadline really helps the creative process. Now, when you, when you guys have a deadline, do you all, do, does like any, do any of you like struggle with that deadline? Do you always have to like push stuff back at any point in your, uh, you know, filming career? So, um, the, the thing about the deadline is that we would really try to not push things back, uh, meaning that it was, there was something really freeing about saying at the end of the week, we got to get something out. So, you know, between the three of us, we're coming up with ideas uh, between the three of us every day and like just we have a whole list going of different potential skit ideas. And We'll look at it and see, like, well, hey, can we do this this week? And, you know, sometimes we would try to, like, one of the higher concept ones, and then we would realize, like, oh, but this is going to need this element if it's really going to work out. So, you know what? We have to put that on the table and go with another one of these ideas that's just going to be easier to do. And then we would get that idea done. And, you know, uh, sometimes we would take one of those high concept ideas go for it, and then realize that we don't have the time to finish it. But it doesn't matter. Something's got to go up. Something's got to be changed in the edit, and the video's going to be what it's going to be. Um, and once you let go of worrying about... Once you put the end card on the video, once you're done with the video, that's the video. It doesn't matter if you don't think it's finished or not. It's done. The people who are watching it aren't going to know any better. Um, and you know, everything that you do is, uh, going to have a certain level of incompleteness, uh, and you kind of just have to learn to live with that. Uh, but for me, that's, that's always really hard to do by myself. Um, I'll do, you know, my own, uh, projects and it's so much harder. Uh, deciding when to be done with it when it's just you alone in a room on the editing board uh, because you're like, oh, I could push this off because it needs a little bit more time. But I really do believe that my best work has come from working in a group um, and uh, having 
that group conversation of saying, well, hey, this is the best we could do. We're just three people. Let's put it out there. Um, and it's a little bit of almost sharing the blame if something's bad. Um, uh, then it's, it's all three of our faults and there's nothing we can do about it. But if something hits, then we all get the win. So, hmm. yeah. The, the deadline thing for me was always a big deal and it, it still kind of is. I mean, when I took that week off a couple weeks ago, you know, when we were filming the second season finale, uh, I really got upset because I didn't get to, you know, do what I wanted to do. And plus, like, it was an outside scene that we filmed and it was raining. And, you know, I my buddy was just like, all right, well, you know, if uh, because the kid that we had playing the devil, he quit. Oh, well, he didn't really quit. I kind of fired him because I... Uh-huh. I texted the guy and I said, Hey, listen, I said, we're filming tonight at seven 30. I was like, you know, it's when it's dark out. We, can you be here? He was like, well, I have, this was earlier in the week. He said, I have plans. And, uh, I don't know if I can make it. Cause I have school. I said, well, what time do you have school? He said, well, I have school early in the morning. I, I said, okay. I said, well, what time do you get done school? He was like, uh, I get done school at uh, like three o'clock. I said, all right, perfect. I don't get done work till four. So I texted him that day that we were filming. I said, hey, are you coming on? And he said, yeah, yeah I'll be there. Uh, you know, seven o'clock rolls around. I said, hey, are you coming? No answer. Text him 15 minutes later. Hey, are you coming? No answer. He posted on Snapchat about something. And then I, you know, looked on the snap map. Because that's how much of a sociopath I am when it comes to getting shit done. I saw he was at home not doing anything, and I was so I was just like, you know what? I'm not even going to give this kid the benefit of the doubt. I blocked him, like deleted his number, pretty much like saying like, you screwed me up. I'm going to screw you up. He comes to my house at ten o'clock, and at this point, I'm already at the bar with my, you know, with my film, with my cameraman and my fiance. And he calls my cameraman. He was like, hey, uh, where are you guys at? And I just was just like, hey, uh, tell him that he's done. You know, he 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 messed up. Like, he, all he had to do was text me. And, you know, I texted him three right. times. And he just posted a Snapchat about, you know, singing a song. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had to, you know, find somebody. We had to not shoot that night and I was pissed off from that. So I drank uh, like two beers just to get over it. Then I had to find somebody like for next week, uh, you know, for the week after just to fill in this gap. And that's what really like screwed, that screwed me up in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been there before. Like film school is, is, is that every single day. And, you know, you kind of learn that the film gods are forever against you. And you really got to learn just to, like, expect that and, like, always have plan B through Z and really count on making Z work because the, the amount of times you got to fall on that plan Z is, is pretty much <coughs> always going to be the case. Yeah, and that was my, I mean, I'm glad that, like, you know, even when my guy can't come and film, I always have Tori film because she's, you know, she's pretty much good as him. You know what I mean? With with my guy, he he focuses his 
he focuses more on like the shots, like a bird's eye view, sky high view, or whatever. He focuses on more shots of like what to get. I she focuses on more of the story plus the shots. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I that's why I like the mixture. I like you know the mixture of this you know focusing more on the story versus more of the shots because I feel like the shots you're filming like you know two seconds of like me looking at the uh, wall, then like the next two seconds she's talking, two seconds I'm talking. Like it to me that makes a shorter video, and I like longer content videos when it comes to more of a story. That's just me. Yeah, that makes sense. But, um, two more questions before we uh, wrap up. Sure. What do you see yourself doing in 10 years? Um, celebrating the 10-year anniversary of you asking me that question. Sorry, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's my favorite Mitch Hedberg joke. Um, but, uh, 10 years, uh, I want to just, I, I want to be happy enough with the things that I've been doing now where I feel confident on trying new things. Like I know for the next few years, I want to be continuing the sketch channel, uh, and also trying out uh, live uh, projects like improv and live written shows and uh, live live sketch comedy and and, and uh, stand up. Uh, but yeah, and with it's hard to say ten years. Uh, but I wanna I wanna have a few more projects under my belt and definitely be working towards the next bigger thing. Like uh, a movie is something that I really want to get under my belt, uh, even sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. All right. Now, and you know, like have a, a good career and, and a good relationship among other things. <laughs> yeah. I feel you on that. <laughs> Now, yeah. well, well, I was also going to say, like, th- this is kind of not really more of a question. It's more of, like, an idea. So, like, before, like, I'm saying, like, once the weather breaks and once everything, like, you know, boils through with everything, maybe I was thinking, like, we could do all, like, me, you, Jake, and everybody, we could do a collaboration one day. Like, I'll come to New York or we could just meet somewhere in Jersey in between, you know, do something in the near future. Yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna. Well, I'll. I'm gonna have to text them probably after this uh, to see, you know, when we could actually set that up. But um, no, thank you for coming on though. We, we talked for about an hour and fifteen minutes. It looks like. Yeah, good. Good amount of Definitely. Well, um, I'm gonna let you go. You have a good night. Once again, thank you for coming on. Um, I will post this tomorrow. Would you be able to share it if I send you the link? Yeah, for sure. Cool, cool. Um, I'll text you the link uh, tomorrow morning once it's all. I'm going to post that at like 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Cool. 
sounds good. All right, cool. Thanks again. All right, have a good one, DJ. All right, you too, Eli. See ya. See ya. And that was it. So I want to hit you guys back with the outro in just a few seconds. All right, guys, that was the podcast. Um, good episode. I enjoyed it. We talked about a lot. This is uh, I'm very excited to see what happens in the next couple months. So if you're new, like and subscribe on Spotify, Breaker.com, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and much, much more. Also, go follow me, Gleason Photography Videography, on Facebook, TJTV on Facebook. Go follow my social, Gleason22, on Instagram, TJGX5, on Twitter. Um, yeah, no, great podcast. I enjoyed it. Long episode. So, um... That's going to be it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Peace out, everybody.